The Museo ng Kaalamang Katutubo is a foundation undertaking cultural education and museum development. It assays various museological functions, being true to one of the two primary or central notions in our name, Kaalaman. Muscat's collection is a repository of both tangible and intangible heritage, and we explore and share these with everyone curious and interested in cultural objects, in processes of facture, and the accompanying stories and sundry information. One of the ways we share and interact is Muscat's cultural brunch, entitled Usapin Usapan, delivered as a podcast. It is a venue for an informed and informative conversation between Muscat, represented by yours truly, Cora Alvina, and one subject matter expert. Our conversation at this time is with Reynaldo Rimando, former professor of math at the University of the Philippines in Baguio. He became fascinated with beads that the Cordillera Catutubo wore. He saw and realized that the beads were more than adornment. They signaled identity among the Itneg with whom he interacted. Hello, Professor Raimondo. Hi, Ray. Uh And uh, thank you for agreeing to do this podcast with us. Our podcast is entitled Usapin and Usapan. So yung usapin natin ay beads, ang usapan natin ay itong ating kwentuhan. Okay? Of course. Yeah, that's great. Okay. So let me start. What about beads attracted you to them? Well, uh, initially, I being I, I have to make this initial uh, statement that I am not in any way uh, professionally uh, relating related to beads being cultural artifacts mm-hmm. because I am a science major uh, person. However, okay. because of my choice to live my life here in Baguio City, which is the what I would call a center of the Cordilleran culture, so to speak. And my interaction with the Cordillera people, having spent a majority of my life here in Baguio City, made me realize the impact and role of these beads in their life. What would this be? I mean, what is the uh, impact? Well, it's basically, to me, cultural in nature. Because I knew that the beads, among other artifacts, are quite unique to this culture. And I appreciated that particular role that the beads because I personally have chosen Baguio as my residence and my life. And this particular artifact have played many uh, motivations in my life to appreciate the culture which I have chosen. Mm-hmm. Could you uh, elaborate on that? Kwentuhan mo ako how that happened? Uh, alam, can I speak in Tagalog also? Of course! Of okay. course! Also. So we can go bilingual or... Trilingual if you like or to speak trilingual as well. Oh, oh. You see, uh, since uh, 
the people in Baguio are multicultural. This is a melting pot, so to speak. Mm. I, yes. I realize the beads played a distinct role to me in uh, separating the indigenous peoples of the Cordillera from the lowlanders or other uh, groups. That's why uh, I knew that these uh, cultural pieces called beads is a sort of an identity for these indigenous peoples who I considered as my new family or friends being uh, having uh, chosen to live in Baguio. You are originally from? I'm original. I was born an Ilocano to Ilocano parents. I was born in La Union, which is the part of the Ilocos region. Mm -hmm. But even at my young age, since my relatives, actually the sisters of my mom, were residents already of Baguio. So even in the early stages of my elementary days, I already came up very often to Baguio and fell in love with it to the point that I convinced my parents that I would have my high school in Baguio and eventually, as it turns out, even through my college. Mm -hmm. And that's UP Baguio, I assume. Right, 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 yeah. Okay. So uh, you've told us about uh, how culturally or historically significant beads are to you. So when you look or hold or handle the beads, do they tell you anything? What do they tell you? Uh, to me, it's a lot. The, the more important thing is uh, if I hold a bead, I feel one with those groups of people, or we call them indigenous people, being part of them. Because I hold it not just physically, but with a certain amount of respect to the culture that uses these cultural artifacts as, as a means to tell people of their uniqueness as a group of people. But what are these roles in those uh, culture? Are they um, uh, heirloom? Are they uh, decorative? Are they adornment? What to them would uh, the beads mean? It, you know, initially, Cora, I thought it was just an adornment. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's how it appeared to me initially, I have to be honest. However, through further interaction with them, I, I realized that it's, it's more than ornament. As a matter of fact, they never meant it to be an ornament. Mm. So that, really? that further you know, increased my interest in it. And for that matter, it weren't, it weren't just the women who were wearing them, but even the men, everybody, young and old. So, and yeah. What did that tell you about the culture and about the people? Well, the fact that they hold this and they, they 
own it and, and they use it for not just actually adornment is far, far below the reason that they're wearing it, but for their particular identity to be recognized. And these beads is part of that identity, I, I, I would assume. And I like that particular, uh, how would you say, uh, attachment to that artifact. Mm -hmm. But uh, how were you able to collect uh, the beads? Okay. Uh, if they are so much part of uh, the people that you, with whom you now have a bond uh, through the beads, um, how was it that you, they were you were able to make them part? What are your most outstanding experiences in the field in hunting for beads or looking for the beads? Okay. Uh, when I was a single person, when I was single. Not married, you mean? Not married, correct. The attachment, or uh, the uh, what I say, the uh, yeah, attachment to these beads was not that much. But when I got married, and my wife happened to be a daughter of a businessman who had stalls in this malls. Quote unquote, in, in, the, in the heart of Baguio called Maharlika Livelihood Center. There, there were people, there were indigenous peoples who would time in again come in and offer these beads. Mm -hmm. It is, I think, important to, to say that even before we got married, we already decided as a couple to live here in Baguio and imbibe the Cordilleran culture as part of our upbringing of our children to be. And as it turned out, yes. Because we neither did. of you were Baguio natives. Right. Neither of us was, uh, was a Cordillera. We were both outsiders, mm -hmm. so to speak. So, this created the everything Cordilleran, actually. It's not just the beads, but uh, I, I also had my interest into uh, the other artifacts like blankets, the jars, the plates, mm -hmm. and all these other artifacts that are associated with the Cordilleran people. But there came a point in my life when I focused and zeroed in I personally, my wife uh, had other interests as well, but I personally chose the bead to focus on. Why? Again. Good, good question. Why? Number one, uh, definitely it is something that uh, men and women, in other words, all, everybody in the in the group, indigenous group, wore it. Second, it has a I had it has a fascination on the way its bid is different from the other. So it, it can be artistic. I don't know if that is the correct term, but I found them artistic. Mm -hmm. And for a while 
I was going to uh, collect them or to acquire them for aesthetic purposes. Okay. But eventually, as my interaction with these indigenous peoples grew, my fascination went beyond the aesthetic mm -hmm. uh, sense. So I asked uh, time and again, so many times, so many people I asked, why do you wear this bead? And this led me to do a, well, a quote unquote research for beads. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I, I if I answered your question uh, yes, you did. properly, but that mm -hmm. but that is the reason why I focus on beads. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And where is this research? Is it something well, that it you is wrote a, out? It, it is definitely very informal. Okay. Okay. But uh, a compelling reason for me to go beyond aesthetics was when I met a group of Tingians who were there in the commercial center called Maharlika Livelihood Center. Mm -hmm. And they were offering these beads. And I asked them, why are you parting with this wonderful pieces, which is part of your culture? And there I learned from the elders who were there, uh, you know, uh, selling these beads, that there are two main reasons why the beads have to be parted with. And one is for education of their children. That's for tuition, another thing. And the second is for illness, hospitalization, or for the procurement of medicine. And that touched me enormously. So while the rest of the people in the Maharlika Livelihood Center were focused on the beads, on the commercial side of it, I, I wasn't. I, I mean, I did not focus on beads to make it as a commercial item. So that touched me when the elders told me about this. And so they told me they needed to bring a member of the community to the hospital and they needed cash, which they have very little of. So that's how I, that's how I gathered this particular bit with, take note, with the promise that should they want to take it back, if and when the situation allows, I would return it to them. That is an assurance that I'm not doing it for commerce mainly. Mm -hmm. They can get it back with no interest at all and just so their culture, this artifact be, uh, would go back to them. I mean, that's a wonderful thought coming from your uh, part, no? And, uh... And I'm sure that it assured them that the beads were going to be taken care of uh, by uh, you, by this person. Was there no prescription about, uh, you know, 
some sort of uh, punishment from either their gods or from their community if they sold part of their material culture? Uh, they didn't tell you anything about that? Honestly, none. There was none. There was no mention at all about the, how would you say, the, how, how, I don't know how to put it, but there was no mention at all that the gods would not favor yeah. them because they will mm -hmm. have to part with this artifact mm -hmm. in this manner. Uh, yeah. Th there was no mention at all. And we didn't delve on that. I, it didn't occur to me at all. Neither did they speak of it, not even in passing. So apart from the Tingyan, uh, what other cultural uh, communities uh, did you uh, mingle with? Uh, for for uh, education or to look at beads, didn't you go to the field? I did. I specifically focused on one tribe because they were the ones who invited me. Who are these? And these are the. And so I went, and I okay. I, I really uh, took that invitation very very special. I little did I realize that the one who was inviting me. Well, they were a group, actually, Cora, mm -hmm. who came to Maharlika, you know, uh, who, and they had to, and they had to sell these uh, beautiful pieces because of the, a member of the community needs to be brought to the hospital as a. Mm -hmm. Little did I realize that the elder who was speaking for the group was the pangat. And uh, please explain what is the pangat. Okay, the pangat is the tribal leader mm -hmm. and whose words I came to know is the law in that particular tribe. Okay, uh, where in Tingyan territory did you go? Well, uh, it is a very far, it is a very far barangay. Uh, if I remember the name Tinok, Mm -hmm. It's in the border of Mangkayan, Benguet, and it, it, it's a, the, the, the locals of Abra call it Surum. That's the Ilocano term for very far up okay. uh, the mountain. Mm -hmm. And there, so uh, since the invitation was from the elder, I, I took that as a very important opportunity to further my quote unquote personal research on the role of beads in their life. And what did you find out? Oh, beautiful, beautiful, Cora. Please tell. When I arrived there, well, the, the journey was really grave. It was very long. There were no roads. The, the, the vehicle which we rode on was a six by six, and there was mm -hmm. a specific road. They were going through mountains, hills and dales, so to speak, without a road. But the drivers know exactly where to go. That's mm -hmm. not much. And then in between, we have to stop. There's no more. Not the, the, the six by six truck cannot go any further. And so we had to walk again, almost a day walk to reach that particular barangay. Okay, now, fast forward, when I got there, of course, I was so tired and they knew uh, 
I was uh, anxious because hmm? you know these are although they're very friendly still there was anxiety in me yeah this is a group of people which I'm meeting only now in person and so the elder the pangatest maestro uh, I will be translating maestro please don't worry don't be anxious and I will I can never forget what he said to assure me completely for every strand of hair that is taken off you a life will be the equivalent that wow yeah that much wow i said no 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 please but that 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 was the that was so reassuring cora my goodness and who is this person who can say that authoritatively it was the elder it was the pangat who was the head of the group who invited me and brought me physically to their area so what did i see boy i tell you it's not just boys and girls women and men everybody had a bed around their neck that i i was so dumbfounded and i said wow they love they love this beat and the, the beats have a part of the culture i asked yan kung maubos na yung beat oh no sabi nung pangat we have to have one to every child that is born he has to have a piece at least around it around his or her neck so Wow, isn't that fascinating? That shows the social importance and impact of beads on the on the indigenous life. What year was this, Ray? Oh, this was must be oh definitely the seventies, the middle seventies, seventy seventy eight or seventy seven, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, seventy six. I was very new in in I then was a, an instructor in mathematics and physics at UP Baguio mm-hmm. and I, I I was very new then so it, it's about that time the seven, eight middle to late 70s mm-hmm. yeah. but uh, do you have any idea why they invited you I mean it, it apparently something about you that they felt was also safe you were safe to bring uh, to their community well i wouldn't say that it's the safe um, safety factor that brought that led them to invite me but the fact that i among all the dealers in the uh what this uh, second floor uh artifact center of my Miguel center I think I w- I'd like to believe I am one of the few who did not take advantage of them meaning I did not make barat barat to whatever they want to dispose of and if I don't have the means I would help look for people that would give them the right 
and consumable price for this artifact. So it was so, this interaction of Abra. Abra. Yes. You took safeguards in your uh, collection to make sure that your methods were ethical, culturally, uh, apparently culturally acceptable to the group, mm -hmm. and, uh, and uh, if I may use the word correct. Well, uh, boasting aside, Cora, to this day, that's how important they are to me. And that's, that's how it went beyond commerce. <laughs> Otherwise, I could have disposed of them early on when it was in to buy beads. No, I kept them in the safety deposit box in the bank. So, uh, well, that, uh, that particular interaction brought uh, a lot of friendship along. Uh, so much so that should if and when they find something important they would come to us first not just me you know we are we're a group uh, mainly our friends and uh, co-faculty in the university who i was able to convince to help these people in their time of need your temporary custodian of uh, part of Tingyan uh, material culture, at least for for that group, that right. that uh, uh, that barrio, yeah. are they alive? I mean, these elders, if these were the seven... no more. Unfortunately, uh, the original elders who invited me and who assured me of my safety uh, already passed on. So I'm not very sure who are the new pangats or somehow along the way we lost contact. Mm -hmm. So I haven't had, recently I haven't had any word from this group yeah. that I, I visited. Uh -huh. But uh, so you confined your, uh, your uh, relationship or your acquisition or not collection but custodianship with uh, uh -huh. Tingyan. Well, yes, majority of it is Tingyan, but not exclusively for Tingyan. We also have from other Cordilleran groups like the ones from Kalinga, you know, and uh, because these are the indigenous people's groups that had, uh, had, that had most of the beads that I saw. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, we let us, uh, may I bring the conversation back to aesthetics because uh, that's what we normally rhapsodize about beads, apart from, of course, the social significance, they uh, uh -huh. being markers of uh, identity. Uh, which, is there a point of comparison? There shouldn't be any comparison about the beads that you saw or the uh, assemblies of uh, beads into either necklaces or headpieces. Alin ang pinakamaganda? Ang sa akin, ang pinakamaganda i i forgot the term i think it's called winaiwai winaiwai yeah which is actually some sort of a it's not it's a lot longer than a necklace and then it crisscrosses on the on the torso of the person usually the women of course this so to be kalinga the kalinga yeah, diba? that's there's the winner. Why? I think they're the ones that wear these beads across. Uh, I, I'm not too sure, of, but I think so, yeah, because I didn't see any of this winner. Why in 
the community of Tingians that I visited. Mostly that I saw were just necklaces. But the one bead that I am interested in is the uh, pangao. Okay, yeah. Which has, it is a, the, a pangao is a crystal bead, but it has gold inside. Uh, correct. Right. Yes, yes. It's called the gold bead, gold leaf, they call it. Well, the, the, the significance to me of the pangao is that these beads actually are not just worn as ornaments or as uh, identity, but it also speaks of just like the Indians, the caste mm -hmm. system. The you know, not everybody can wear a pangao. When you have a pangao, you're in that bracket called baknang. What is it called? The Ilocano baknang. The the meaning of baknang in Ilocano in translated to English is the rich, mm -hmm. the privileged. Okay. okay, they were the ones who were who had this, and parang kumbaga, they were the ones who exclusively can wear the pangao. When I was in this Tingian community, they told me how this particular they related to me how this beads reached their far flung barangay, yeah. and they said that their great great grandfathers. Used, believe it or not, I was so dumbfounded to hear this. Used to go down to the shore mm -hmm. during the uh, galleon trade. Oh my goodness. Yes, they confirmed that. They confirmed that they went down to the shores to trade and barter with the galleon trade. Wow, <laughs> that is amazing. No, really, that was to me really a very, very uh, fascinating story. And that's a matter of fact. I asked them then, because not, not relative to the business, why do you have also so much uh, this uh, patterns, you know, this which I know by my uh, interaction in the in the second floor, in the these are part of those that they bartered with, in, with the uh, with the how Galleon trade. So I said, these are so fragile, and how were you able to bring it up here? Because there were several houses with with that, and they use it for storing salt or uh, salted uh, meat and everything. And they said, you know what they said, Cora? Well, our highway were the river system. Ah. That's how those particular jars reach that far-flung barangay. No, I wouldn't say both, okay? I think the fact that the mountains of Abra have a lot of bamboos, so they made rafts, bamboo rafts. I see. But definitely the, no boats. I, 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 well, to begin with, we didn't have much interaction on the stories of the means by which they brought it up. But I have a very strong uh, suspicion that they used the bamboo rafts to go upstream. Thank you very much uh, for this afternoon's conversation. And uh, we hope 
that after um, uh, the lockdown, lock-in, whatever it, uh, other restrictions. Right, that, right, right. That uh, the Museo ng Kaalamang Katutubo team will be able to go visit you and uh, congratulate uh -huh. you on this uh, uh -huh. good that uh, you have. Thank you very much, uh, Ray, Professor Raimondo. Well, welcome, Cora. And uh, I, I would like to uh, add that this is my distinct uh, contribution to a culture that I have loved. And, you know, I, I would like to be a part of. And I, may I just say that I think this particular affinity and uh, importance of the Cordillera culture that we use to that we use to our children to bring up uh, the respect to other cultures has prodded my eldest son to choose the anthropology as his uh, course at UP Diliman. <laughs> Well, so I think uh, that would be my uh, contribution and, and a further, uh, you know, contribution to our seriousness in making and uh, guardianship to this cultural artifact. So. Thank you. Thank you very much again. And thank uh, you too. And thank my, you for uh, peace, me. our regards to uh, the uh, the officials of the University of the Philippines and, uh, of course, to your uh, family. We hope to see you soon. Thank you very much, Ray. All right. All right. You're welcome and thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Ray, for our candid usapan. You have our thanks for allowing us to have this kwentuhan with you and for your candor in your attitude about your custodianship of beads. To our listeners, Thank you for spending time with us. Muscat has planned a number more of podcasts, and we invite you to join us as we tackle various usapin with our usapan with experts, storytellers, and bearers of tangible and intangible culture. Maraming salamat po.